On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we breathe easy in the wide open spaces of Ruapehu. We check out some great trails on foot and by bike, sample some winning local hospitality, meet some enterprising locals, and luxuriate at Retoruki Country Estate. Welcome to Ruapehu. Welcome back to Kiwi Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. Welcome aboard a fresh edition of Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Chris Lynch. I'm Mike Yardley. Always good to see you, Chris Lynch. Nice to see you. It is all about the wonders of Ruapahi District on this edition. And let's start our travel destinations with the perky mountain of Awakuni. Yeah, it's such an ideal launch pad and a really good base for your outdoorsy pursuits in Ruapahu. And if you're up for a great leg stretcher, perhaps you've had a big drive, say, from Wellington, um, the place I would make tracks to is just up the road, Waitonga Falls. Now, this is a mountain road though, right? It is, the Awakuni Mountain Road. So if you are, for example, in winter heading off to uh, Tūroa Ski Field, this is the road you take from Awakuni. But over the summer, autumn months, um, what is really good about this road is there is a whole lot of different uh, trails, walking trails that lead off the road. And I'm a sucker for a gusher, as you know, Chris. And this fall, the Waitonga Falls, is Tongariro National Park's highest waterfall. It's got a 39-metre-long drop. And the falls are reached by a really nice, well-formed track through very lush mountain beach and cedar forest. If the weather gods are behaving, an added highlight is as you make your way to the waterfalls, uh, you can gaze at the reflective glory of Mount Ruapehu in the Rotokawa Pools, which are part of a of an alpine wetland area. But it's the most incredible reflection. All up, it's about a 90-minute walk and a really good head clearer. Like the sound of that. What else is in the area? There's lots to look at, isn't there? There is. And at the base of the Awakuni Mountain Road, just by the town, uh, there's a very nice short 15-minute loop walk through a Rimu forest. It's a wee stunner. So if you are traveling with kids, for example, it's ideal for them. Uh, and you can gaze up at these amazing old Rimu trees. Adjacent to the track entrance, something really quirky. Molly's Rock. You'll see this rock just by the car park, a memorial rock in honor of an Asian elephant who is buried here under the road. Um, so the rock has just been joined by an information board that was put up a couple of months ago, which tells the tragic story of Molly. She was a circus elephant who died in Awakuni in 1957, and she was touring with the Bullen Brothers Circus Company. She was the star of the big ring, and what happened was her handlers had taken her down to this uh, part um, of Awakuni, to the banks of the Mangafero River, for a bit of exercise, right? And tragically, this elephant consumed some toxic tutu berries in the bush and passed away. So she's buried under the road. Not good. Awakoni seems to, though, punch above its weight in terms of attracting a lot of highly creative and enterprising people in the town, Mike. 
This is so true, Chris, and there is this growing hive of highly entrepreneurial folk who seem to be attracted to Awakuni to launch their great endeavors and to apply their craft. A good example is Big Mountain Mead. Now, I met up with the powerhouse behind this project, Greg Hickman, who has been re- living in Hong Kong in recent years. He's relocated with his family to Oakuni, and they are in the process of opening up a brewery, bar, and cafe alongside exporting Manuka honey, uh, mead, to Asia. And the brewery and the meadery is taking shape. It's due to fully open later this year. And there's other things too, like craft mead's also trending at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's very much an ancient drink, um, mead, made of honey fermented in water. And uh, the big mountain mead that Greg's behind is using pure mountain water from Ruapehu, native herbs, and manuka honey, which grows like wildfire in the Ruapehu district. It's got a very strong appeal to the Asian market because um, a lot of Asians view manuka as uh, as medicine. And a bit like gin, the botanicals, those native herbs, are a core ingredient in Big Mountain Mead. I tried their sparkling session mead, which um, is very sessionable, meaning you can drink a lot of it. Um, and it's not as sweet as I thought it would be because it's got this honey base. But it is considered uh, healthier than beer and wine uh, mead because it's made with honey. So it's a lot easier for the body to metabolize and you get the nutritional benefits of honey itself. By the way, in the brewery and the meadery, which is taking shape in Awakuni, as the name would suggest, Ruapehu Brew Brewing, they're also there. Um, they're a partner in the new venture. So uh, from mid-March, Tours and tastings will begin, and the wider taproom experience will open later in the year. Okay, tell us about the Kings. Yeah, this grand old girl of Awakuni has been a landmark since 1913, and I met up with its current custodian, Stu Robinson, who is a real hospo whiz. He is uh, revitalizing this old girl of Awakuni, uh, and the bar and the restaurant is just a stunner. It's got this atmospheric timbered interior, very woodsy. It's a real knockout. And the walls are festooned with the most amazing memorabilia, which very much tells the story of Kings in its colourful history since the 1910s. Good times and bad. It's like a hymn to living history. By the way, for dinner, they've got the most amazing menu, but the thing I would definitely recommend you try, Kings Fried Chicken Burgers. They are like a stack of chicken breast uh, with cheddar and bacon and chipotle mayo. Wash it down with one of those fine craft beers from Ruapehu Brewing. Now you're talking. Uh, where's a good roast? I love a good roast. No, a roost. A roost, a place to stay. Uh, smack bang in the heart of town. I enjoyed uh, a night at Snowman Lodge and Spa. You might be able to get a roast there as well. I I stayed in one of their brand new ensuite cabins, which are just like a wee nest to um, luxuriate in. There might be a roast in there. Indeed. Um, The really cool thing about these ensuite cabins they are developing at Snowman Lodge, they're privately fenced. You've got your own private outside deck and 
there's some really thoughtful touches. Bonus points go to the comprehensive tea selection you will find in your cabin. So they've got all these different types of loose-leafed tea encased in little glass jars. And if you've been hitting the slopes or rocking the trails, um, as the name would suggest, spa, they've got all sorts of spa, sauna, and massage packages to choose from. How could you say no to a hot volcano stone massage? You're with Kiwi Tripsters as we rock around the tucks and folds of Reapohu, and it's biker's heaven time, Mike, and I know you love a good bike. All up, I would have to say, Ruapehu is biking heaven, because you have got a head-swirling banquet of 5,000 kilometres of trails to choose from, and my all-time favourite day ride in Ruapehu is the Awakuni Old Coach Road. It's only a 15k ride, but it's a thriller connecting Horopito to Awakuni. It's grade three, so not too taxing, but you will definitely want to tackle it from the Horopito end, because that way you get a nice downhill ride to Oakuni. And it is such an evocative route because this was an old pack track and it's a restored cobblestone road around the foothills of Mount Ruapehu. You'll scoot through native forest, fabulous farmland, and you get the most sweeping lookouts over the volcanic plateau. Any particular highlights? Well, I think the real showstopper is the Victorian engineering you see along the way. You've got these really long, spooky tunnels you go through, and then two massive railway viaducts that are the highlight. Uh, first of all, there is the Tainui viaduct, which is fatally rusted. So you will not want to go across it, but it makes a nice backdrop for a photo. But then you've got the Hapu Whenua Viaduct, which is good to go. So you can cycle across it. You can walk across it. It's this colossal curved structure, the longest viaduct in the Southern Hemisphere at 284 meters long, and you're about 45 meters above the river. I dare you to look down between the sleepers as you go across it. And this viaduct was restored as part of the development of the cycle trail. Uh, and just across from where you were riding or biking uh, or walking, uh, you can see the newer uh, Hapu Whenua viaduct, which services the trains today. Why is it called the Old Coach Road, by the way? Well, it's very historic because this was a cobblestone track which was originally built for horse-drawn coaches in the early 1900s to transport passengers between the two railway lines. So this was before the main trunk line in the North Island was joined up. Um, and as you ride along this trail today, you can sort of imagine Victorian-era rail passengers having to sort of bustle their way across the cobbles uh, in all of their finery to board a connecting train. So shortly after the main trunk line's completion in 1908, this old cobblestone track became obsolete and was consumed by the forest uh, before being repurposed as a thrilling cycle trail today. It is a ride to remember, Chris Lynch. Did you check out any other trails, Mike Yardley? Well, I did. Uh, from National Park Village, I checked out the Martin Sash and Door Trail, a most unusual name, the reason being it was the Martin Sash and Door Logging Company in the Trainway back in the day, which transported logs from the forest, the Erewa Forest, to Martin. 
back in the day. So the locomotives used on the tramway, you'll see on the information panels on the cycle trial today, they look like something out of a Thomas the Tank engine storybook. That's the cutest locomotives. Anyway, the trail um, serves up fabulous forest rides today. It's about a 16k loop, which will take you a couple of hours to complete. But yeah, lots of history and railway relics along the way. Once again, it's a grade three trail. There are some calf pumping climbs, but a bit, bit of exercise is always good. The sweet reward are those stunning skyline views. I thought you were going to say food because there are some, uh, some decent calves in the village, aren't there? Well, the place to go to reward yourself after the Martin Sash, Sash and Dort uh, cycle trail is a cafe called uh, Makrakapa Cafe. It's a cracker in National Park Village. It's a very quirky, this cafe, and it does sort of celebrate the sense of place with a backcountry mountain hut design motive. Its walls are decorated with so many historic curios and exhibits, very much honouring the mountaineering spirit. And uh, the guy that runs it, Clark McCarthy, he is um, of Irish stock. In fact, he reckons McCarthy, the clan McCarthy, comes from Blarney Castle. So, you know, big talker. Blarney Castle. Blarney Castle, absolutely. George Blarney. No, no. Uh, you can expect excellent coffee and uh, really good food at this humming cafe. It's um, beloved by the community. Good. What about options to sort of stay near the National Park? Yeah, I would say the Park Hotel in Ruapehu uh, in National Park Village. The thing about it is when you wake up, you are just wrapped in the elemental splendor of Tongariro National Park. All of the mountains are lined up waiting to greet you. Very affordable accommodation. Um, it's got a rustic, cozy lodge atmos about it. And um, they've also got a very nice courtyard hot tub. Highly therapeutic after uh, a ride or two. Like the sound of that. Coming up, we are going to continue to indulge in some luxuriousness in the wild. Plus, Mike rolls out some of his favourite walks in Tongariro National Park. Stay with us. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. The drama and grandeur of Ruapehu is power-packed as a year-round wonderland for outdoorsy adventure. Crowned by the triple volcanoes of the Central Plateau and the majestic Tongarero National Park, make tracks to the wide-open spaces and hospitality charms of Ruapehu. Lap it up. Visit ruapehu.com. Well, if you're looking to have a bit of a splurge and some luxuriousness escapes in the Rupahi district, Mike, you've got some suggestions. Oh, yes. Look no further than Retaruki Country Estate. Now, this place is wrapped in the splendour of Retaruki Valley, uh, and the estate is an out-of-the-box wilderness experience. You can enjoy exclusive use of the lodge, so it's just you and whoever you want with you in the lodge, and you've got 4,000 acres of farm and bush wrapped around you just west of National Park. It is that sense of seclusion, the wild seclusion of the place that I found instantly impressive uh, as you drive in to the lodge. And the property is situated on Karua Farms and they've got this adjoining hunting block as well. So the, the, the variety of terrain is amazing. River flats, rocky bluffs, uh, and then you sort of drive up onto this imposing plateau some 500 metres higher than the valley floor. Now, what I quite like about this place is it's quite environmentally conscious, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. They have nailed the challenge of being economic in an environmentally sustainable way. Um, Manuka honey grows on the steeper slopes of the farm. Um, so you will see uh, that operation at this time of year um, just finishing up, actually. Um, in fact, in the past two years, they have lifted over 80 tonnes of Manuka honey uh, from the property. It's an absolute bloom in, uh, boom industry. Um, so, yeah, the honey grows on the on the steeper slopes, courtesy of the bees and the hives. And then there are sheep and cattle on the flats alongside the tourism endeavours from the lodge. Good. Now, the estate has embraced the predator-free movement. Yes, indeed. Now, the wonderful hosts at Rutaruku Country Estate, Glenn and Carolyn, um, they are absolutely passionate about all things conservation. Their background is in conservation and ecology. Uh, so that sort of accentuates the whole ethos of a sustainability when you stay there. But yeah, their uh, pest eradication program is very, very active, primarily geared at safeguarding the resident kiwi. Uh, at the farm, and also the blue duck, Fio, uh, and they've got um, quite a number of breeding pairs of Fio. Uh, you can sponsor your own trap. So if you stay the night, $25, for example, is earmarked for the purchase of a trap. So you are giving back when you stay at the estate. Glenn actually took me down uh, as part of a spectacular tour of the estate down to a tributary of the Retaruki River, this fabulous stream. The, the water was like cellophane, just so clear and there were the there was a wee family of blue ducks um mum dad and the kids frolicking in the water in fact the uh, the, uh, the 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 babies were about three or four months old so they were starting to sort of find their own independence and you could tell mother just wanted to naff off and do her own thing and leave the kids to it uh, it was just fantastic to watch them so close as well these threatened ducks so that was a real um highlight of my stay there good what about the the lodge itself? Yeah, well, there are so many activities you can do. You can sort of mix and match as you like, depending on what um, whets your appetite. Uh, you'll definitely want to have um, the most wonderful picnic high up on one of those ridge tops uh, on the farm, or perhaps down by a burbling stream. And the native bird life is really, really voluble uh, at this farm. There's horse riding. So whether you are a beginner or perhaps you are advanced and want to go on a really gnarly horse trek, you can do that, reveling in the remoteness and those colossal vistas. Um, it's also very ideal terrain for uh, mountain biking or e-mountain biking, so you can do that. Um, if you're into your hunting, there's wild red and fellow deer Trout fishing is really popular there. But the one thing, alongside seeing the blue ducks, the one thing I would really recommend is you jump behind the wheel of one of those all-terrain side-by-side farm vehicles and go for a blast on the off-road trails. I was riding along these ridge lines, um, feeling absolutely on top of the world in my souped-up golf cart. But they are really hardy, these things. Man, they just mount the slopes like a very frisky mountain goat. Um, and it's once again the views, those horizon-wide views that just kept reducing me to a state of awe, Chris. And the lodge itself is um, about 20 years old. Um, the thing about it is it's just so architecturally impressive. Mudstone blocks, the sort of honey-hued mudstone blocks, and they were shipped in from Nelson uh, to build this fabulous lodge. It's very stylish, very spacious, 
Carolyn does the most amazing home-cooked meals with all the trimmings. I think in the course of 24 hours, I feasted on steak, salmon, venison, the very, I know, the very best homemade bread, summer salads, amazing desserts. So you will not go hungry at Retaruki Country Estate. And um, yeah, as I say, you get exclusive use of this lodge. So you feel like you're in a blissed out kingdom on your own. Finally, on this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, as we continue our trip around Reopehu, uh, and we look up things like uh, putting on our hiking boots and let's check out some essential walks. Mike loves a good walk. What are some of the great walks? And you better give us some short walks for the lazy like me. Well, I thought we'd go <laughs> short and sweet. Absolutely. Uh, Lake Rotopunamu is a local favourite. This is a 5K track encircling a beautiful lake wrapped in native forest. It is the sort of lake that Twitches and tree huggers alike go gaga over. It's so named for its greenstone colour, and the lake fills a crater in the western side of Mount Pihanga, which actually was formed by a landslide um, about 10,000 years ago. And what makes the forest so special is that you've got these really ancient podocarp trees uh, that are survivors, survivors from the eruption of Topor 1,800 years ago. So they are beautiful, pure, unmolested trees. Well, just as well. Now, close to Chateau Tonganero, there's a stack of tasty wee treats, isn't there? There is. The Tafai Falls Walk is a cracker. Uh, this leads you through mountain toa and beach forest to a waterfall tumbling over the edge of an ancient lava flow. Now, one of the two waterfalls used in Lord of the Rings that depicted golem fishing uh, is this pool. Hence its nickname, Gollum's Pool. And we were talking earlier about Waitonga Falls just out of Awakune. Just up the road from Waitonga Falls is Mangafero Falls, and that is the other uh, location that was used for Gollum fishing. There you go. What about Taranaki Falls? Yeah, this is a two-hour return walk, so I don't know if that qualifies as short and sweet. So just extend yourself a wee bit. Two hours return uh, for even grander waterworks. This is a 6K hike to Taranaki Falls. Um, a fabulous cross-section of landscapes you will wander through. You'll get a mix of tussock, alpine shrublands, beach forest, and the track wraps around the lower slopes of Ruapehu, uh, and you'll see so many native birds on this walk. It's the whiteheads and the grey warblers that people really like on the Taranaki Falls walk. Uh, they will serenade you all the way to the falls, and uh, these falls tumble about 20 metres over the edge of a large lava flow which erupted from Ruapehu about 15,000 years ago. So there's a whole lot of old history to explore here, Chris. Tell us about the Mounds Walk. Yeah, this is just across the road from Tafai Falls on the volcanic plain. And um, the thing which makes the Mounds Walk so fabulous is that you get a very close-up encounter with what they call debris avalanches uh, from the time when Ruapehu was particularly active in the volcanic stakes. And it was very much the volcanic activity that formed these very mysterious-looking mounds thousands and thousands of years ago. The top of the track offers the full panorama of all of the National Park volcanoes. And the other thing is, if you head there at sundown for this short walk to the mounds, um, you will see the sun set across these mounds, which really is a striking scene. 
Yeah, I bet. And there's some fascinating Māori history sites, isn't there, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. One I would check out is Te Porere Redoubt. Now, this was the last major battle site of the New Zealand wars. Uh, It was fought here in the shadow of Tongariro about 150 years ago. And this was a defensive position styled on a European redoubt, Takuti who a lot of people will have heard about, of course. Uh, He was defeated by um, a combined force of the armed constabulary and Maori fighters. And although 37 of his followers were killed and he lost the middle fingers of his left hand, Takuti actually avoided capture. But it's a compelling spectacle checking out these earthworks of this Maori fortification. Nice. Now, what about the birthplace of the Kamatihaka? Indeed. Um, the historic Opotaka Pa site edges Lake Rotoida and soak up the superb view, first of all, of this small round top island that appears to float on the lake's uh, surface. It, it's like a mirage, this little sort of pimple on top of the lake. And it was at this settlement that the Natitoa chief Taropraha sought refuge on his long trek from Waikato uh, to Kapiti Island. And it was here that he performed the iconic Kamatehaka for the first time after hiding in that Kumara pit uh, while the local chief's wife sat on top of it, as you do. Fair enough. Now, what about the Ohane Tonga Scenic Reserve? I think this is an absolute star, this place. Now, this is just north of National Park Village in Ofango, and um, this is sort of like uh, the forest that was saved because even the loggers thought it was so beautiful. Um, It's a gorgeous slice of wilderness on the boundary of Tongaredo Forest Park, and it's actually one of our five national Kiwi sanctuaries. Uh, It's also home to a vast flock of native bird species, and they were out in force on my visit there a couple of weeks ago. But 10 years ago, this organisation called Ofango Alive was formed by a group of local residents because they were concerned about the lack of bird life in Ohenotonga Reserve. And their pest eradication measures have been massive and they are paying huge dividends. You will notice how voluble the birdsong is, um, thanks to the nearly 300 traps dotting the trails as you take a walk around this gorgeous reserve. Yeah, that must be very stereo sound. must be wonderful. Um, what about the loop walk through the reserve, Mike? Yeah, it is absolutely stunning. Um, the views of the river and the Tongarero Forest from the bridge uh, is what you first admire before you set off on the loop track, which is just under 4K, um, but it just serves up such attractive scenery, uh, including uh, trees that date back hundreds and hundreds of years. There's this massive 600-year-old totara tree which is well worth a photo stop and a hug. In fact, I ended up, Chris, canoodling a lot of trees uh, in Ohinatonga Reserve. I think it is now official. I am a tree hugger, uh, quite addictive. Um, Ofango was a former mill town that flourished in the uh, early 1900s. Um, But, yeah, as I say, this reserve was untouched because the area was appreciated for just how beautiful it was um and it was actually recognized as a reserve a century ago uh, which was quite visionary it's a real jewel definitely check it out nice to hear that you're branching out mike now thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of kiwi tripsters
We would love you to like our Facebook page. And if you want to check out our show notes, they are available on the website kiwitripsters.co.nz. Our companion articles on all things Ruapehu are available at fortheloveoftravel.nz. Plus, we'd love for you to rate us and review the program on the podcast platform of your choice. We will catch you in a fortnight when we trip the sights and delights of Manawatu. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.